The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power. Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host Macca19 and joining me as always, we've got co-host Fishing Rick. How are you buddy? Macca, I didn't know you were a romantic. Why is that? Well obviously you, you missed uh, me last week and um, so you, you've organised just a, a solo date between the two of us uh, today. It is. It is. There's no guest up. on this week. Bit of warmness. Today, sorry. So I've got the oil. I'm looking forward to later maybe running it through your, your chest hair or something. And with well, a plenty of that. We'll, we'll be ready to go. There's no hair on my actual head. It's all on my chest. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, have you seen that movie uh, with Jack Black? Is it year 100 or something? Yeah. <laughs> where, the, where, the, where his partner's all, uh, all golded up and he's uh, running the... Running the oil through that hairy chested guy is—is is that what you're like? Is that what you're pretty saying? Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I need a wax job like forty-year-old virgin. That's what, <laughs> That's what I need. Look, let's get straight into it. It's just us two. Yeah. Let's do a bit of a love and hate. Watch your love and hate, mate. Um, my love is uh, seeing the running power back for the Maggies. I um, I I really took some notice of that which has given me some optimism for all the rumours that have been circulating around our team and what's been going on in the higher level as well, that hopefully that we're going to come out after the break uh, with a lot more run and a lot more gusto. But I thought the Maggies yesterday really blew them off the part with their running power. And as it was noted in one of the articles, the two-way running power, which I think has been noticeable or noticeably absent from both both our sides over the last um, uh, few weeks. And... Um, and my hate is uh, is the butcher hate. I think I understand that he's been in our system long enough now to be improving, and I'm more than happy to use this as a segue to to talk about that infamous kick yesterday. Uh, but he is a Port Adelaide player, and uh, I think we should be supporting him to the hilt. And I have a little bit of optimism about that kick yesterday, Macca, because even though it's probably one. Of of the worst set shots on goal from probably two weeks ago when Pittard had a set shot on goal. <laughs> but um, for me, I thought the, the ball drop and his kicking action looked a lot different to what it had in the past. So even though it was a horrendous kick, I think they've been doing some structural work on his set shot kicking. And I think obviously it hasn't taken to it yet, but I think they are definitely working on something with Butch and, uh, and I, I saw it looked like a completely different ball drop and kicking action to what we've seen from him in the past. Yeah. As we've seen, we've seen the photos of him getting, um, you know, sort of like a 360 video done of his kicking action. So, look, no doubt it's something that, uh, that the club would be working overtime on, you know, trying to get it right because we all love Butch. We all want him to come good. You know, we're all pleading for him to come good. But I don't know. I don't know how an elite sportsman um, who's been in the system for five years cannot make the distance from 18 metres out, dead in front. That's, yeah. the worst, that's the worst shot on goal I've ever seen, literally. You, you clearly haven't seen me try and kick a football. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, you're, but you're not getting paid $300,000 a year. No, Look, I mean, a... I, I'm not going to be too hard on Butch. It's clear that he's got some, um, you know, he's, it's clear he's got the yips or some sort of 
um, you know, anxiety around his set shot. Um, because look, he regularly kicks goals from the pocket. You know, mm. goals that he he shouldn't kick that many other players wouldn't kick, he seems to kick. But when you get him 20 metres out straight in front, it's going at all angles. And as supporters, are we entitled to have some accountability from the club here in, in relation to, well, can you guys tell us what you're actually doing with this guy? Because, I mean, that's probably the greatest uh, miss, myth for me is, you know, like you said, he's been in the system since, what, we drafted him in 2008, end of 2008. So, 2009. Yeah, yep. So five, six years he's been in our system now. And really, he's probably going backwards. So what are we doing? I mean, players are supposed to be de- developing in a forward nature. And, you know, as a supporter, I guess I would like the club to come out and tell me, um, you know, what we are trying to do with Butch and, and where is it going? Because at the moment I can't see it. But... I guess it leads us to a different topic of, you know, the, the calls of cutting him loose and the Bulldogs might be interested or whatever. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just tough for me. I mean, we invested so highly in him. I just feel like what's the point of, of trading him out for such a low low value? So I, I guess it shows that there's no guarantees that you're going to make it at AFL level no matter where you get picked up in the draft. It doesn't matter if you get picked up as a first-round pick or you're a rookie pick. There's no guarantees in footy. Um, that you're going to make it. He's, um, you know, there's every chance that he's not going to make it, you know, that he's not going to improve on what his output is now. He may have to change clubs. There's no guarantee that he'll get better there either. Mm. Um, but look, that's just footy, isn't it? I mean, there's there's heaps of stories, you know, of the last sort of six, seven, eight, nine, ten years um, of first-round draft picks that haven't gone on um, to have successful AFL careers. I mean, you look at James Seller. Um, for the Crows, he was widely picked as the number one pick you know, a year out from his draft and he didn't look anything like a footballer um, when he was playing. Then there's guys like Tim Walsh who got picked up, you know, picked four by the Western Bulldogs here and they played the one game. There's guys like Mitch Thorpe, um, you know, who everyone was raving about as the next Treadray and he only played something like two games uh, before getting dropped by Hawthorne. So, you know, there's no guarantees in footy that you're going to make it no matter where you're picked. Absolutely. So what's your love and hope? Oh, look, my love is uh, is Kane Mitchell this week. Um, just a, a fantastic performance yesterday. Yes, his his skills weren't uh, weren't fantastic, and I think that's um, something that's going to plague his career, um, you know, for his entire career, I think, and it's probably going to stop him from being a, a regular AFL footballer. But, look, he's someone that, um, you know, that copped a lot of criticism um, for his AFL games over the last sort of four or five weeks. Um, and he's gone back and just gone bang in spectacular fashion. He had 35 touches yesterday, eight clearances, nine marks, four tackles and a goal. You know, he's someone that's uh, heavily criticised. He couldn't have done anything more than what he did yesterday. He was fantastic. He had strong running power yesterday, didn't he? He did. He looked a level above in terms of his fitness. That's for sure. He did. And he, and he came back and did what he had to do, didn't he? That's so- it. To push his name back for um, top line selection again, you can't do anything else That's than right. that. You can tell why the club loves him. You can tell why the uh, yeah. the coaching staff like him and and continuously have him you know around the mark for selection because he keeps putting in these fantastically consistent performances week in week out at SANFL level. Absolutely. Well, let's just wait and see what the remaining five uh, 
James Bring. Actually, I should I should have my hate this week, being the idiot that I am, that I I booked a business function in the on the Gold Coast on the twenty second of uh, August, which is uh, the same time I've booked a ten seater corporate box for the uh, Port uh, Carlton game. What a bit of a face! What a, what a bit of a face! Face palm, that one is, eh? <laughs> so what are you doing? Are you flipping a coin to see which one you go to? Well, well I've committed to going to the, the Gold Coast, so I'm hoping that I can flip the box to the Sydney game. Which I would, would be happily a... take it off your hands for a reduced price of uh, $0. Yeah, well, I've seen Al's willing to take a ticket, uh, Big Kev's willing to take a ticket, Floor's even dropped a mention on the on my Facebook page saying that she's happy to take a ticket as well. So well, look, I don't think... your hands are going up, mate. Yeah, there's no shortage of... Uh, I've got a few clients that are, that are keen to uh, come along as well. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens anyway. But, uh, yeah. But what do you think of the game yesterday? Well, look, my hate, um, first things oh, first, was hate. probably... And we can use this as a segue. It was probably yeah. our skill level yesterday... Um, was a little bit subpar, especially in the first half. I thought we uh, we turned it over far too much going on, um, you know, coming out of defence. I thought our scores yeah. were, were pretty shocking. And, you know, we really could have buried the Crows yesterday by, you know, a good sort of 10, 12, 13, 14 goals and, and really done some damage to them. Um, had we kicked it had as a, well, but, you know, these things happen. Cleary had a few shaky moments coming out of defence in that first half, didn't he? Oh, he did, yeah. He, he turned it over probably his first three or four kicks, I think. Yeah, and I think um, Burn, it was either Mon or Burn Jones. Jones had a couple of uh, sort of panic kicks there where they, they seemed to sort of uh, uh, panic a bit unnecessarily. But that was the one thing that I noticed from a, from a negative viewpoint as well. Where our, our hitting targets was probably a bit below average yesterday. And, and I, sometimes as supporters, we forget that's real, and at both levels, that's what really opens our team up because we do run hard forward once we've got the ball. You know, so you miss a target, you know, our players are going to be 20, 30 metres out of position and then what can you do? Nothing, you're just open. That's yeah. it. And, of course, the game we're talking about was the uh, SANFL showdown. It was the first one at Albert and Oval yesterday. Um, we won 15 goals, 16 to 7 goals, 12. It was a big 52-point victory. We were never really headed against the Crows. We led from start to finish, um, and really kicked away in that second half there. Absolutely, what a what a strong uh, showing it was. And as I said in our my love, I was just so proud to see that the boys' um, running power was on on show. I mean, we our contested ball uh, was fantastic yesterday, and and I, I think one thing that was uh, noticeable for me was all the people that are, are willing to scrub a name through uh, Brendan Archie. I think are being a little bit premature there. Yeah, he was very consistent yesterday. He's, he's had a good run of form the last sort of four or five weeks. And, um, you know, he, I thought he was very good again yesterday as that sort of lead-up half-forward um, playing on the flank. And he also did a little bit in the ruck as well, sort of as a third man up. Yeah, well, he was in, uh, he was in some of the, uh, the stoppage work after the ball up. And uh, I thought his clearance work was very strong getting the ball out. And he showed some tricks yesterday. And I, I think it just shows that... Uh, you know, Brendan's probably getting over his uh, injuries that he's had uh, since he's been with us, and uh, he's starting to get a bit of size about him now, and I think that's translating to a bit of confidence in the game. So, yep. uh, not that he, he wasn't our, our best player by any stretch, I'm not, I'm not alluding to that, but I thought there was enough there to say, 
you know, let's not be too hasty with calls to say that he, he isn't worth worthy of a spot on our list. That's it. Now, what about Andrew Moore? He was my best on ground by a, a very long way yesterday. He looked at an absolute class above in terms of skill level, fitness, speed, um, goal kicking, anything you can think of. He was fantastic. Oh, he was. He looked fit, didn't he? Didn't he? He, he did very fit. And uh, you know, we spoke a few weeks ago about the fact that he's really what we uh, we're missing in our team at this senior level at the moment. And uh, I'm very pleased to see that sort of performance come out of Andrew yesterday. He should have really had four goals to his name. And uh, I can't see him not making his way into the team. I, I just thought it was a completely dominant performance by a player that should be saying, you know, I'm, I'm better than a SA and a field standard. And that's what he did. Uh, he just needs to keep that filthy beard. That's it. More, more. We want more, more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Dave, we do need a bit of midfield height. I think with Gray, Mitchell, um, Sam Gray, that is, um, you know, there's another one that's passing me by at the moment. We do become a uh, Matty White's not overly tall either. We do become a little bit short in the midfield. So I think having if we can squeeze more Newton Young into that side, that's adding a bit more height to our uh, and clearance power to our team. And we're starting to get back to that team from last year, which we took into the finals as well. Now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's not too much difference. So the other one that was noticeable for me yesterday, and I don't again, he wasn't the best player on the ground, but I really noticed um, young Jakey Need. I thought he was very, uh, he was a very confident player to me yesterday. He seemed to on the footy field, he just seemed to be wanting the ball and putting himself in the position to get the ball, and he just seemed to have a bit more confidence now on the footy field compared to when I've seen him say at the beginning of the year. Yeah, well, look, he, he did have a very slow start to the season. He had a pretty poor uh, pre-season, had a pretty poor sort of first, you know, four to six weeks at SANFL level. But ever since then, he's been fantastic for the Maggies. He regularly kicks goals. He gets in great position. Um, he's using the ball well. Um, he delivers really well inside 50. And, you know, guys like Butcher and Shaw and Harvey must um, think their Christmases have all come, you know, at once with Needy kicking inside 50, I think. And the other one that the other noticeable aspect for me is I'm starting to suspect our game plan isn't really conducive to tall forwards. I think it probably is. I I just think it wasn't really a, a great day for tall forwards yesterday. I mean, well, the Crows didn't really have any tall forwards, so it's hard to really compare them to to them. Um, but I don't know. I thought the Crows defenders did a really good job. I mean, Butcher was playing on Benton Rutten, who's played a lot of AFL footy. Um, mm. Mason Shaw was had a big second half, but he was well held in the first half. Um, I think our school level let us down a bit, and that really sort of um, you know let us down going inside fifty. And you know they could have had more of a chance um, if our school level was better, uh, especially in that first half. Absolutely, it's um, yeah. I don't know. I just think we we seem to be running hard through the midfield, running hard into the forward fifty. Um, we don't seem to be playing that uh, spot up forward target role at either level overly uh, well we, we're ne- either doing it overly well or we just that's not our our plan um it was just something that was really noticeable to me yesterday you know um Shaw was sort of getting his uh, and Harvey were getting their shots on goal um you know running from the outside 50 into the 50 or on the 50 meter line and Harvey's goal was a fantastic goal in that I think it was the third quarter at the northern course, end yep. Um, yep. you know but uh you know there wasn't too often we were hitting trying to hit up a forward, tall forward target inside 50 uh, 
lace out, you know. The, and, I mean, the Schultz eight-goal game is probably the only game where we were sort of trying to feed a forward. Uh, um, otherwise, we seem to be more reliant on the on the midfielders. So I think that's adding to our frustrations of lack of tall targets in the AFL. And I'm just starting to suspect maybe it's our, our game plan. But that's, that's, uh, that's my uh, observation. But the other one was I yep. thought Cracker was fantastic yesterday as well. He was, yeah. He was brilliant. Who were your best players, mate? Oh, look, I had uh, Andrew Moore as our best player. Um, you know, like we said, he just he stood out to me. Um, Stevie Summonen was fantastic as well. Um, you know, you could re- – and then Kane Mitchell. I mean, really, you could have either of those three players in any order. But to me, Moore, just with his goal-scoring power as well, and plus the lure of getting him back into our side is probably going to suck me into uh, uh, getting him in the top spot. And then I, I had little uh, Jakey D there at fourth best, and, and I even put Brendan Archie as fifth best. I, I thought they were all fantastic yesterday. Yep. Can't disagree with any of them, really. I had Andrew Moore best on ground. He just looks a class above. Um, and he's someone that's saying, hey, I want to play AFL and I want to play in the finals this year. Um, no doubt he'll get his chance um, coming up. Kane Mitchell second best just through sheer work rate. Um, and hard work, you know, he just works so bloody hard through that midfield. He's a fantastic SANFL player. Um, Stevie Summerton, super consistent as always. He had another 34 touches. Uh, Jakey Need with three goals. I thought Mason Shaw was very good um, in that second half with a couple of goals as well. And Nathan Cracker um, with a couple of goals uh, coming out of the defensive 50. We got the power to win, power to roll. What's our next segment, mate? The tough questions, Macca. The tough questions. Bring it on. Are you ready to answer the tough questions? I am. I am. All right. I've got a tough one for you. Okay. All right. Are you willing to put a line through John Butcher on our list? Uh, Yes. Really? Yes, I I am. Yep. I think um, whatever his issues are, um, on field with anxiety, with anything you want to think of, I don't think he's going to become an AFL, a regular AFL footballer with Port Adelaide. So I would trade or find something else for him to do um, to try and find him um, a place where he thinks he can play AFL footy because I don't think it's going to happen with us. And do you think... And it hurts me to say that because I've, I've loved the butch, but I just don't think... He's got uh, regular AFL footy in him. So, as fans, what should be our expectation of a trade? If we, if he does want to go and he's happy to go, what what would be our expectation? Late second rounder? Oh, look! If if we can get a, a top thirty pick for him, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're going to get anything better. We're going to have no. to be pretty realistic there. Yep. Yeah. Look, someone might you know. There's a lot of talk about the dogs. There's a lot of talk about Carlton. They might think they can get something out of him. Uh, they might think they can get, you know, his skills right, his uh, his ability to lead and mark and, and kick goals right, you know. And if they can, then all the power to them. And I certainly wish Johnny the best. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, fair enough. What do you think? Uh, look, I just, I guess to me, I feel like we've committed a lot um, to, our, to him with a pick. I don't, you know, we've spoken about what you've done with the, your research before with what you can get for a key forward in the, in the second round onwards, which isn't much statistically. Yep. Um, 
to me, he's not really holding anyone else probably out of the squad at this point in time. I'd probably persist for another year. And, uh, you know, obviously we're, I'm assuming we're giving him as much support as he needs already anyway. But, uh, you know, I would just like to see maybe uh, this pre-season fully fit under Burjo, what he can do, um, see if we can fix that kicking action. And, look, I mean, we're not going to get much either way at the moment anyway, so why not give him... Uh, one last hurrah and see if we can get it together. I mean, we had that glimpse, you know, he took great pack mark yesterday, but, I mean, for his size, we need more than one. (laughs) We need a bit more consistent influence than that. Yep, that's fair enough. Uh, I guess my first question is to crack or not to crack? Do we taste the Nathan Cracker again come Uh draft time? Well, you know, I was pretty scathing on, on Cracker. Um, for leaving us in the first place when he, he really didn't give us anything in the first time. And, and then, well, what did we get for him? Simon Phillips, didn't we? Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't really get anything out of it. No offence to Simon Phillips. And, uh, um, yeah, look, I would take him, to be honest. I think he, he's a step above AFL level. If the playing group are, are happy to hand back after his previous actions, and I'm assuming that they must be getting on reasonably well, he's, he's in that area, um, I, would, I would take him back with open arms because uh, he could fill a role for us. Yep. Yeah, I'm sort of coming around. I, at the start of the year, I was thinking, no, nah, I, I just don't see a spot for him in the team. You know, we've got so many defenders on our list, so many small defenders on our list, but... You know, as a rookie pick, he could be um, some great X factor. And if it comes off, then brilliant. If it doesn't come off, you know, you haven't really lost much, have you? So, um, my next hard question for you is: Do you get excited when Porsche comes on the podcast, and do you love her criticism? I do. I get very excited when she comes on the podcast because you never know what's going to happen. There's always <laughs> going to be an argument, and I know that we're always going to talk for about two hours, and there's going to be a lot of editing involved. <laughs> she is a troublemaker, isn't she? She is, definitely. <laughs> definitely. She's welcome back anytime. Absolutely. My next question is legitimately how many nights a week do you actually dream about Jasper? Oh, jeez. How many nights a week do I dream about Jasper, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to the toilet with magazines, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have to go maybe three, maybe three, three nights. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a he's becoming a great player for us. He's uh, he I think in our dull time over the last three weeks, he's been a shining light of uh, of courage, um, uh, providing you know that run that we've been desperately needing. And him and O'Shea have probably been the only two players that have done that. And that's this is why I've been defending Jasper and um, to the hilt because. He is the type of player that we need to keep in the side. And, and bringing in the steady Logan types is great, but they're not going to provide us ultimately with what we need. And I guess Nathan Cracker will probably be another one of those players um, that could do that and probably really burns me to say it. He'd probably be a lot cleaner than O'Shea and, and Pittard and potentially Broadbent, who's not really getting much of the ball at the moment, um, yep. you know, because he is such a clean user. So he could probably take one of those roles if the players get down in form. Mm. Yeah. Is this the uh, closest top five in recent history that can you remember, Macca? And can you see us maybe potentially still taking top spot? Oh, I don't think we'll take top spot, no. I, unless um, unless we try and rediscover our, our best form from early in the year, I, I don't think we can do it. Um, 
you know, can we finish second? I think uh, I think maybe we could. I think mm. had we, uh, sorry, had Sydney won last night, that would have been really good for us and really opened a, a spot or a chance to get that second spot. It might be beyond us now. I think we're definitely in with a chance for top four. Um, but I think we'll need to beat um, either Sydney or Frio to get it. It all hinges on this game coming up this week for me, doesn't um, really? Uh, what we come out and show as a footy club, I think it's really how we're going to play out the rest of the season. I can't see why we couldn't. The only one I was probably willing to roll, put a line through was Frio and Frio. Yeah, that's going to be really tough, and that might really shape the finals, that, that game. A- you know, if Frio are playing for top spot and we're trying to play for a, a top four spot or even a home uh, double chance final, God, that's going to be a good game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I actually thought it was going to be a close year this year. I could. I, I could see that some of the Vic sides were going to pinch games off of each other, and uh, I thought there was a good opportunity for us to maybe squeak into the top four, or, or maybe a little bit better. Um, I'm looking forward to round 23 when we can bring out our top four predictions from the start of the season, Macca, to see how we got on. But well, it's um, going to be great. I mean, legitimately, all of the top five could miss out on the top four. I mean, Sydney showed last night that they, they may be a little bit vulnerable against good sides. Absolutely. You never know what's going to happen. No, look, they've had a good run and they've been playing great footy. They're, you know, and Hawthorne away is always a challenging game, mm-hmm. no matter how good a side you are. But, you know, to me, they seemed a bit more efficient up front without Tippett than with Tippett. Yeah. Well, look, my next question, and it sort of relates to this, yeah. is did we peak too early this year? Um, I'll answer that question after the Collingwood game. Okay. I don't know if we've got, I don't know if there's some ducks and drakes in form, um, but I do like the philosophy of banking early early wins, so you know where you're at. Yep. Um, so I don't think we peaked too early, but I think I do think the players maybe did get a little bit ahead of themselves. Yep. There was a lot of there was a lot of positive hype going on in the media everywhere around Australia about us and. Pardon me, it'd be hard for the uh, players not to get caught up in it. And they just, to me, they just seem to be playing, um, you know, like they, they'll just turn it on at a whim. And, you know, we came up against three desperate sides that have gone, well, you know what, if you're not going to come for the full game, well, you're going to get what you deserve, as Ken would say. Yep. So, no, I don't think so. Okay. You? Yeah, probably the same as you. I guess we'll find out this week. Um, yeah. You know, can we rediscover our best form, or are we spent for the year? I mean, that's the big question. And has the uh, have we been really sort of waiting for that week off um, so we can have a little bit of a rest? Have we done that sort of heavy training period leading into the week off, and we'll be a, a little bit fresher, a little bit cleaner with the bowl? Um, yeah, I mean, this Collingwood game is going to be huge. I think we can get away with um, without Jackson for Collingwood. Uh, and hopefully the whispers of Jackson being back for Sydney are true because I think that's the game we're really going to need him back. Oh, and, absolutely, uh, yep. Uh, will Robbie Gray win the Brownlow? Uh, no. <laughs> no? I hope he does, but I don't think he will. No, I think Boak will take a lot of votes off him. I think Boak's going to get... I, th- I would say Boak will probably be our leading Brownlow uh, vote-getter this year. Right. I mean, he's had a great just because yeah. in a lot of our wins, he was probably best on, you know, sort of like clear best on. Um, mm. Whereas Robbie's being sort of that, you know, I think Robbie's going to get a lot of one votes, I think. 
Robbie seems to stand out a little bit more. You know, 30 possessions from Robbie Gray is a bit more noticeable than um, 30 possessions to Travis Boat, which isn't disrespectful to, to Travis. I guess that's, he's just doing a little bit more grunt work, I guess. Um, but I just I just wonder if Robbie might just catch the eye from the umpires a little bit more. I don't know. I, I still think it's Ablett's to lose, even though he's going to miss the last sort of, you know, five or six weeks. Um, you know, has he built up a big enough gap on the rest of the competition? Um, mm. to, to hold on, I reckon he might have. He could yeah. easily be on sort of 25 to 30 votes, Ablett. Yeah, well, he's a freak. Mm. All right. Uh, okay, will any of Ben Newton, Aaron Young, Andrew Moore, Sammy Colquhoun become 100 to 150 game players for the club? Jeez. Sammy Calhoun, I could see. Yep. I reckon, uh, you know, I just think he's got that longevity about him with his uh, with his game style. And uh, Ken obviously loved him last year and what a f- fantastic year he had. Um, look, I think uh, I want Benny Newton too, but I reckon he might go elsewhere eventually. Um, Aaron Young, I'm not sure. And Andrew Moore, I think so. Okay. I, I think Aaron Young might be a player that might end up going to greener pastures as well. What about yourself? Uh, I'm going to say no to Newton, no to Cahoon, yes to Andrew Moore, and uh, I'm 50-50 on Youngie. Right. So you don't think Cahoon will be a permanent in the side? I think Cahoon will probably play sort of 80 to 100 games. Yep. Mm-hmm. Will, will KT jump to the Crows? No. No chance. No. Right? No chance at all. He's a... Uh enshrined into the port folklore forever now? I think so. It wouldn't surprise me if he one day went to another AFL club. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would never, ever be Adelaide, I don't think. All right. Will a showdown final be our worst nightmare or will it give it give us a fantastic chance for redemption after 2005? Yeah. Bring it on Bring if it that on. was to happen. But we're not going to finish fifth anyway, Macca, so... It's a superfluous argument. I uh, I still think we're going to finish top two. So uh, I think we're going to come out firing. But I'd love it. And I think the players would rise to the challenge. They were, you know, they were shocking in that second showdown game. And we only lost by four goals. So, um, yeah. But like I said earlier, my biggest fear is if we come out spluttering against Collingwood, I think we're going to be struggling. We might not even finish fifth. North Mill, if we struggle against Collingwood... And Splutter, North Melbourne, I reckon, will leapfrog us. Yeah, they might. Maybe. So, yeah. I'll, I'm going to reserve my optimism and pessimism until uh, until post-Collingwood, but I'm I'm going to keep myself optimistic that the boys are going to come out strong. Yep, fair enough. What, what about you? Showdown? Want it? Showdown final? Personally, I would hate it because I hate showdowns, uh, but I think the players would lap it up and they would win. We do need some 2005 redemption, though. We do. That was a pretty woeful effort. It was horrible, yep. And I've got one last one for you. Yep. Now, were our supporters soft for only 6,000 6, going to Alberton yesterday? Look, I think uh, Magpies crowds this year have been deplorable, to be honest. I was really thinking with the one club with all our players back together again, we would see some really big crowds and it hasn't eventuated at all. Mm-hmm. And it's really given a, a legitimate voice for all the uh, anti-AFL in the SANFL lunatics, I think. 
So are you calling us supporters soft? Uh, disinterested, I would call them. Not soft, just disinterested. Well, I would I... have hoped for... I don't think we would have ever got 14,000 or whatever Rowie was claiming that we should have got, but yeah, you know, I was really hoping we'd get sort of eight to 10,000 yesterday. Well, who was... Rowie was claiming that we would get 14 yep. to the game. Yep. Was that based on what... 6,000 Crow supporters going or something? or I'd say it would be based on that there's no game in Adelaide this week and you know Port have the bye, Crows are playing today, not yesterday. There should have been heaps of people there. I mean, yeah. the Crows have been averaging about 300 supporters to games. I mean, they're a mile off the uh, adding, you know, three to 4,000 people that Trig claimed um, that they would get. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been really disappointed um, with A... The, the the total figures that we've got at games and B, the actual atmosphere at games has, has just been non-existent as well. Mm. So they're more going for the, the spectacle than, and watching the AFL players than the, uh, the, the game itself, perhaps? I think a lot of people are sort of seeing it as, yes, we are watching our reserves play as opposed to, yes, we are watching the Maggies play. Yeah. Whereas I still yeah. see it as, I'm going to watch the Maggies play. So therefore, yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I understand that. I I remember your post from two thousand and one when I wasn't even a member on the board. <laughs> Macker, where, uh, you know, it was uh, the power was an imposter, and you you were devout to the Maggies. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Port I should say, I should get Port Power Footy <laughs> Club established nineteen ninety six forever. Right. <laughs> I should. I would have to get rid of that signature soon. It's a uh, the, the funds well, were We can talk about that for a little bit if you like, because look, back then, I mean, there wasn't, you know, this huge push that we've had over the last sort of seven or eight years of, yeah. yes, the, uh, you know, the Port Adelaide in the AFL is the number one club. You know, we had, you know, we were heavily marketing it as sort of, you know, a new club back then. We were marketing it as, you know, all this teal stuff, you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, the Magpies were heavily, heavily marketing themselves as the true Port Adelaide footy club. There was a lot. Mm. This is why the one club was so important um, to Port Adelaide people was to get everybody on the same page for once and for all. So it is one club, and there wasn't all these arguments about who was real, who was not real, um, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I sort of embraced the evolution of the power to the AFL uh, from the inception, and uh, and to me, really, the Magpies shouldn't have existed uh, from '97 onwards, and. Yep. Uh, so to me, it was always the magpies were re- the real imposters yep. um, trying to claim the history from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. So, and look to yeah. me in an in an ideal world, I, I if in a ruthless business sense, I probably would have still uh, just cracked the magpies open and just pulled them apart and just had the power reserves yep. and uh, and just had the history there. But I don't like I don't mind the one club model now. I love it. Um, I know, think it's yeah. fantastic. And look, you know, back then I was, you know, when we came into the AFL, I was, I think, 15. And, you know, you look at all our merchandise back then, it was all, you know, established 96, established 97. You know, it did feel like a new club. And the Magpies, considering they still had, you know, the same sort of staff, same players, same Guernsey, same everything, um, it did feel like that the Magpies, to me as a, as a young kid back then, um, that they mm. were sort of continuing on the Port Adelaide tradition in the SANFL. Yeah. That's it. Look, my last question is to do with trades. 
Um, if we can get Scott Lysett, but West Coast say you can have him, but it's going to cost you your first round pick, do we go through with it? Not really. No. I'd rather keep the first round pick, to be honest. Um, I'm in the camp of Loeb and Redden. I yep. think Redden, I think we've really missed Redden this year, and I, I still believe in uh, Redden is our future. I mean, he's going to be physically mature and ready to go uh, round one next year. Um, so to me, I'd be hoping for a Loeb and Redden partnership. And if we're, if we're bringing in a Lysette, um, we're sort of, uh, we're going to be making him promises which I don't think we can deliver on because I think Redden's a better footballer than the Lysette. Um, I know that's a big call, but I just think he's a great natural Rutman, and I think he's actually a more natural Rutman than uh, Matty Lobie. Yep. Um, so I don't know if, if Redden does fulfil his potential, which is a big big guess at this point in time, um, what that's going to do for Lobie, who does seem to handle that number one ruck mantle and 85% of the game time very well. But, um, yeah, I'd rather be looking at trying to take a low ball pick for Griffin uh, myself and uh, and having Griffin on our list as a backup player. He's a serviceable Rutman and influential around the ground. So I and probably doesn't have that expectation to be playing and starting in every 22 games, uh, which I think Lysett would do. Yep. That's fair enough. I'm going to say yes, I would do it, only because I don't really have a lot of faith in Redden getting his body right or getting his form right. Um, yeah. You know, he's never really been someone that's, played a lot of footy in a row. You know, he hasn't really played a lot of games in a row. He's always had niggling injuries, and now he hasn't played for a year and a half. Um, I'm not sure we can have all that much faith in him getting his body right. And whilst I do agree, he is probably a better ruckman than Loby, um, certainly in terms of tap work. And I think he's got um, a lot of fantastic traits which would really improve our team at AFL level. I just mm-hmm. don't have the faith that he can that he can put it all together um, consistently to play, you know, 18 to 20 games a year. And for me, I think Lysa is just as good as Redden. Um, and he doesn't really have that sort of injury or, or lack of um, consistent game time background that um, that Redden has. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, look, there's great arguments for and against either, really. Um so it'll just be amazing uh, when trade time comes this year where it pans out. I guess you could add to that an extension of that question. If we end up, say, we'd pick 14. Yep. Do we pick tall? Or do we go for whatever best available? Well, it depends who's there. Come on, pick. You know, if someone falls like a, a Hugh Goddard or someone like that, then I think you'd, uh, you'd probably look at picking them. But otherwise... Um, I, th- I think I'd still probably look at uh, at adding to our midfield group. I think. Mm. Do you think? So you really think? Know. I, I, th- I would still trade that pick. I think. I think we need. I think we're at that I, stage I think... now where we are pretty close to a flag, where we can start trading things um, for players that we think can get us over the line to win that flag. Do we make a uh, do we make a, a ridiculous ten year pitch to a Jeremy type Cameron type player, e.g. like the Buddy deal? Is that going to become a more uh, uh, common sort of offering to a player now? Uh, to me, I, I think that's what we need. We need that uh, third second tall forward more than anything. That's what we're crying out for. I mean, our midfields I think is almost locked and loaded. Um, they've definitely been exposed a little bit in the last three to four weeks, but. 
Um, I don't know if we drafted a uh, another midfielder. Are they really going to come in and improve that midfield group uh, immensely at this point in time? We, you know, so do we start packaging picks and a couple of players to try and land that big fish? And I know some people say it's never going to happen, but I would never pick Barty Franklin leaving Hawthorne and going to Sydney either. So, yeah, you got to be in the running. Very true. Very true. All right. I think we'll leave it there for now, mate. Beautiful. You little so much for a short podcast, Macca. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, <laughs> went a little bit longer than expected, but that's all good. Yes, good work. We'll chat on Thursday night about Collingwood. Too easy. I'm excited. Too easy. Go Port Adelaide. Go Port. Black. Black.